Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Well, I have the great privilege of being able to bring something of the Word of God to you this morning, and uh, I thank you for being here. I thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling Highway your home church. Wouldn't be the same without you, actually. Pretty lonely place here over the COVID time. Byron and I and a few others in the room, it got pretty quiet, it got pretty lonely, but it's nice to see people coming back into church and to worship and to praise the Lord together. Byron is down at Gilston this morning. They'll be having a good morning down there. But for us here today, I've called this message Vision Lost and Vision Found. Have you ever had any of those moments or one of those moments, maybe multiple moments if your name is Anne Graham, but you know, where you've said, God, is that you? Are you in this? And if you're in this, Show me, confirm to me that this is the way that you want me to go. That in some way you'll reveal to me that this is your plan, that this is, this is the direction that I'm to take. God, are you in this? And we want to know that because as the people of God, we want to walk. We want to walk well and we want to walk in the ways of God. We want to walk knowing that God is with us and he's the one directing our steps. I heard a testimony and, you know, it's quite remarkable really, but this, this man's testimony is that um, he had been on this really time of extended fasting. If anyone loves fasting, <laughs> that's the answer right there. But this man had been on an extended time of fasting, like I, I can't remember how long it was, but it was lengthy. And he had gone on the Daniel fast. And if anyone's not too, too familiar with the Daniel fast, it's, you know, it's when you eliminate sweets and meat and all of the things that most of us love to live on. And uh, anyway, it's, it's fruit, it's vegetables, it's, I think it's seeds, isn't it, the Daniel fast? And uh, it shows I need to be re-familiarized with it because I can't remember whether seeds are in it or not. But anyway, he'd been on this extended Daniel fast time. He's an American man. He wanted some laws to be changed in America that he knew that those laws were not right according to the word of the Lord. So... He went on this long time of fasting, but after he'd been on it for a really extended period of time, he was kind of over it. And uh, I love that honesty, don't you? You know, you get to like six o'clock at night. Well, I've been doing this since 6 a.m. and I'm already over it. But he'd been on it for forever. And anyway, he went to the Lord and he said, do you want me to stay on this Daniel fast? Because the laws have not been changed and I'm getting tired and I don't want to continue and I want to eat normally and I want to eat some sweets and I want to eat some meat and I want to eat like normal people eat. He said, but God, I, if you speak to me somewhere between here and midnight tonight that you want me to stay on this fast, then I'll do it. Who knows that's a risky prayer right there. It's sometimes better not to ask if you don't want the answer. 
So he took that to the Lord and anyway, he was, must have been at a meeting that night and it was around 10 p.m. that night he's introduced to this man at the meeting. Never met this man before and the man puts out his hand to introduce himself and he said, hello, my name is Daniel Fast. <laughs> True story. So if you don't want God to tell you what to do, don't ask. He did ask, and the Lord showed him that he was continued to continue on this Daniel fast, and so we did. And to cut a very long story short, those laws have now been altered in America. Those laws have now been altered. And I believe that God wants us to be people of vision, of eternal vision, of heavenly vision. But you and I know that vision can be lost. Vision can be impaired. Vision can be altered. But vision can be found. Proverbs 29, 18 speaks to us about the importance of, of vision. Where there is no vision the people perish. But he who keeps the law is blessed. And so having a vision from the Lord and walking in that vision, I want to tell you, is blessed ground. Walking in vision is not always easy. It's not always, it's, it's not always easy. Because even though you've got a vision somewhere deep down in here, you may not always see where that vision is taking you or what the long-term effects of that vision will be. But living with a godly vision is a place of great, great blessing. And God has given to us a vision at Highway Church. And, but it's not always easy to run in that vision because there's a lot that has to come with it. But vision is worth it. Vision is worth the sacrifice, it's worth the price of running in it, and it's the picture that God sees. And I believe that one of the great challenges that we have while we live on planet Earth is seeing what God sees. We will always grapple with that to some degree because we're, we're living in an earthly setting and there can be challenges to us seeing what God sees, but Running with the vision that God has given us is worth the price, it's worth the sacrifice, it's worth the time, it's worth the prayers, it's worth coming together with it and, and running with it. Habakkuk 2.2 is a well-known scripture, write the vision down and run in it. Write it down, make it plain and run in it. And if we don't have a vision, then we don't know where to tread. We don't know where to walk. We don't know what the sole of our feet should be treading upon if we don't have a heavenly vision. If we don't have that vision, we don't know where to stand right now and what should we occupy? What should we be praying for? What should we be asking God for? What should we be believing God for? Like the man who said, God, do you want me to continue the fast? Who knows that God will make a way, even if it's at 10 o'clock, to be introduced to a man whose name is Daniel Fast. I remember hearing a story a long time ago 
long time ago about a man who was driving to a, a service station one night. You know, unusual things can happen with the Lord. When you travel with God, when you journey with God, sometimes you've you got to expect to encounter things that make no logical sense at all. When you're running with a heavenly vision, it doesn't always line up with the way that our, our little paradigm shifts operate. And this man one day, the Lord told him to go into a particular service station one night. And he went in there and then when he got to the vending machine, the Lord told him, I want you to go to the vending machine and stand on your head. I don't know about you, but... I'd have to ask God a question or two to say, God, is this really you right there? I haven't done a handstand since I was 11 years of age, so it would be a bad picture to start with. But anyway, this man goes to the vending machine feeling odd, feeling, you know, he goes to the vending machine, he stands on his head. What he didn't know in that moment of time was this, that the checkout person said, God, unless you send someone into this service station tonight to go to that vending machine and stand on their head, I'm going to commit suicide. Who knows, walking in obedience with God, we better get ready for the unexpected. God will make a way. We sing that in church, he is the way maker. And I believe for those that we're standing in the gap this morning for, those that we're saying, God, send your laborers to that harvest field. God, bring your word to them. I don't know how it's gonna come, but you are the one who makes a way. God gives us a vision to run in, to connect us with our future. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 28 we read here in this scripture that vision can be impaired, vision can be blurred, vision can be lost. Remember the story of Peter in the boat? You talk about unusual things with God. Unusual things at times when we walk with the Lord. Peter's in a boat and it must have been windy, stormy, cloudy, rainy conditions. It was bad weather and the waves and the wind had blurred Peter's vision. He sees something through these bad weather conditions and it's not a clear picture. And he asks the question that you and I may be in this service today asking that same question, God, is this you? Are you in these steps that I'm about to take? Lord, if it's you and Peter sees something a vision of some description, but it's not clear, it's blurred. And he says these words, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. And the Lord answers, answers him and says, it's me. And he gets called out onto the water. Who gets called to walk on water? I mean, you talk about miracle territory. You talk about where your faith might take you. You talk about where your expectation in God may carry you to believe in the unusual, to believe in the unexpected, to believe in the impossible. That's what it's like to trust in God. When it doesn't fit my logic, 
It doesn't fit common sense at times, unusual times. We can find ourselves with blurred vision. When there's a storm, when there's chaos, when there's crisis, when there's pressure, when the wind of the season has blurred your vision, it can distort a true image of what Jesus really looks like. Peter's in that situation in the storm in the boat. But like Peter, we want to know, God, are you in this? Are you the one directing our steps right now? And if so, then I have enough faith to take the journey. Even if it means I might sink, I might fail, I might stumble, I might feel like I'm drowning in the moment, but God, if this is you, I have faith for the journey. Because the Lord asks us and invites us to take the walk with him. And it is always, without question, a walk of faith, trust, and assurance in his name. And Peter steps out even though his vision is still blurred. And I can relate to this story just a little because, you know, when we stepped out into pioneering Highway Church, people all the time all the time. We had barely started the church. It was barely a day old, a week old, a month old, and people were asking us questions. Well, what's the vision? What's the vision? What's the vision? Why are you doing this? What's the vision here? And we didn't know what the vision was because God hadn't told us what the vision was. But what I could tell you was that the voice of God had come to us and the voice of God had said, get yourselves ready. I'm about to send you out for your pioneers. We didn't have a clear-cut vision, but we sure had a clear-cut word. And sometimes the walk of faith and the walk of trust and the walk of assurance in the name of Jesus means that you don't always have a clear picture, but I've sure got the word of the Lord. And it's the word of the Lord that carries you through until you get the clearer picture. God, if it's you, I'll do the walk even if I'm on unsteady water right now. Vision is a powerful thing. It gets blurred, it gets distorted, it gets thrown around sometimes. But one thing that never changes is the voice of God. It's his voice that called us into what we're doing even to this very day. Vision can get impaired. My, haven't I learned that? Vision can get impaired, our vision might have been blurred along the years and then you get a clear vision and then something else happens and the vision of where he's taking you into new ground, new days, uncharted waters, things we've never encountered before, all of a sudden the vision is blurred again but the voice of God is still with you. I will never leave, I'll never forsake you. I am still with you. Be courageous, be strong. The voice of God will carry you through the days uncertain. The voice of God will carry you through the wind. The voice of God will carry you through the storm. The voice of God will be with you in the whirlwind. The voice of God will be with you in the times when you feel where you want to be afraid, when you want to be in fear, when you're in times of, I don't know where this is taking me, but the voice of God is still there. My vision is blurred. But if I keep walking in faith, trust and insurance in the name of God, eventually the picture will come clear. 
It will come clear. Vision can be lost though. But vision can be found and that's what I want us to hear today. A few weeks ago, I, I had what has turned out to be a fairly dramatic fall actually. I wanted to play it down on the day, I'm good, I'm fine. You know, that good old, never mind the British stiff, stiff upper lip. It was like I was trying to find the Aussies. We got this moment when you really don't. When you really don't, but you want, oh, I'm good, I'm, we're good to go. But I had this fall a few weeks ago, which has turned out to be quite, a, quite an effort over the last few weeks. And it's, you know, when you're sprawled out on a driveway, it's never your best look, right? You're just not on your best day particularly when you're just, you're just out, you know. And uh, <clears throat> one of the things that happened through this fall was that, or any fall, you either lose the ability to walk or you lose the ability to walk properly. But I was so grateful on the day that I had present my very own, my very own, Aaron and her. Remember the story of Moses, if you're not familiar, when Mo Moses' hands were weary and he couldn't hold up his hands any longer and he didn't know whether he could keep stepping into the days ahead or into his future? What does God provide? He provides an Aaron on one side and he provides a her on the other to lift up weary hands that can't hold up on your own anymore, to lift Moses up so Moses can keep stepping into the days that God is calling him to. Well, on the day of my fall, my day that will stay etched in my memory because there's details attached to that, which I don't know how graphic to be. You want me to be graphic? Who says yes? <laughs> God bless you, brother. Anyway, I went into shock and started vomiting and my very own Aaron and her had to clean up the vomit. That's how, that's what brothers do, right? Well, for me, my very own Aaron and her came in the form of Troy McDermott and Maddie Smith. And what do brothers do? They carry you to a place where you can recover. They carry you to a spot where they give you a place where you can just gather yourself and recover until you can get back on your feet. But here's what I've learned is this, that pain can impair your vision. Not only can pain impair your walk, but pain is so present that your strength is gone and you are now either walking with a limp or you're not walking at all. And not only is your strength affected, but your vision is also, and here's the thing with pain, you keep looking at it. You keep checking up on it. You keep visiting the place of pain. You keep seeing is the pain any better today than yesterday? Is the swelling any better today than yesterday? Is the bruising any better today than yesterday? And usually the answer is no. 
It's got blacker today than it was yesterday. The swelling is worse today than yesterday and your vision is directed to the pain. Pain can stop you from walking. Pain can knock you off course. But here's what I want to say. Don't nurse and rehearse your pain for one day more than you have to. Don't keep nursing and rehearsing and revisiting and regurgitating the pain and what caused it because when Jesus came to the man in the Gospels and he said, do you want to get well? What a question. Do you want to get well? And I believe that God wants his church well. God wants his church well and We've got to recover, absolutely. We've got to heal 100%. But we've got to get well enough to step into the days that God is calling his church to go into. Joshua was a man who lived with vision. Not a made-up, man-made kind of vision, but he lived with a heavenly vision. And he was told to place the sole of his feet upon the ground that God was giving him, giving to him. The old season was done with. Moses was dead. That season was over. But now there's this fresh stirring within the camp. I love that. There's this fresh stirring that goes through the camp. And with this fresh stirring, it's not meaningless talk. It's not useless chatter. It's not the wrong kind of talk. The the stirring that goes through the camp is, this is what God has said. This is the word of the Lord. And if any word's going to go through the camp, let it be the word that God has spoken. This is what God's saying in our time. This is our time. This is our moment. This is the season that we're in right now. And here's the word that's going through the camp. And this word that went through the camp was get ready. It was to get ready. And do you know what? I sense the Holy Spirit saying exactly the same thing in our time right now, that we've got to get ourselves ready, that this is a point of time right now to be ready for what God wants to do, where he's taking us as a church, what he's got in store for the future. And you say, well, what is that vision? I don't know, but all I know is that I've got the voice of God. I don't have the whole picture there, but I've got the voice of God to get ready. And sometimes like Peter, we're like that walking with blurred, impaired vision, but the voice of God is loud. And Joshua did have some clarity. You're about to go from here to there. You're about to cross the Jordan River. God's voice was clear enough that your camping days on this side of the Jordan finished. Over. You're going to be crossing that river and entering into the future that I've ordained for you. You know, Psalm 139 says that I have ordained your days. And I believe that God is awakening something within his church to say, I want to walk, live and breathe in the ordained days that God has got for me. You see, the kingdom of God is, it's spiritually discerned. 
The kingdom of God is something of an internal reality first. That's why you can't be born again just out of this. You can't be born again just out of feelings or even just showing up at church. The kingdom of God is an internal spiritually, spiritually discerned reality first. Before you and I step into the outward things that he invites us into. Joshua had to hear. Joshua had to receive something of God's voice and his kingdom internally first before that word went through the camp. Get ready was the word that came. You're about to go from there, from here to there. And for them it was crossing a river, but it was also entering into a land a new day that God said, you're ready for this. I've prepared you for this. I've spoken about this. And you're about to enter into your future. Get ready for the future. But they were entering into a day where God's name was going to be there. Where the glory of God would be seen. <clears throat> where they would find themselves involved in the story of the Lord. That just never ceases to still amaze me that you and I, the church, are involved in God's story here. And he speaks to us about living and dwelling in a place where my name will be known and proclaimed in that land. And church, I believe it's time that you and I, the church, rose up with the voice of God and said, and says that the name of Jesus Christ will be proclaimed and known throughout Australia. Throughout Australia. Get yourselves ready. We've got to find our voice in this day. We've got to find the voice of faith. We've got to find the voice of courage. We've got to find the voice of expectation and speak with boldness the name of Jesus over our nation. You'll have to overcome some things though, Joshua. And I want you to be courageous and strong. Don't get discouraged or distracted. It'll be worth the walk. It'll be worth the stretch. It'll be worth the challenge. It'll be worth the sacrifice because my name is all over where I'm leading you into. If we're going to be led into anything, you want to know God is in this. He says, I'll not forsake you and I'll not leave you. Be reminded of that when you face hard days. When you face the enemy, don't forget what I said. It's been well said that the kingdom of God is something that we step into. I get that. I remember being in America quite a number of years ago now where I stepped into a room. They, they called it a war room and it was a room where the people, the prayers, the intercessors would come into that room and they would pray for their land, their nation and the nations of the world, families, people, individuals. And I still can't describe it well to this very day other than I stepped into the presence of God. I still can't find words to describe that, but I stepped into the presence of God. That's what the kingdom of God is like. We step into into who He is. We step into His presence. And when He speaks, He gives a vision. And when we have a vision, He leads and He awakens something within us and among us. 
And he says, I'm stepping you into certain days. You don't want a camp where his presence is no longer there. Let me share this with you as our time is running away, but I can't leave this morning without mentioning this. It's, I've titled this, Consider Your Future. <clears throat> I don't know what your Bible reading is like, but the book of Lamentations is not a frequent book that I go to. Haven't read it and I don't know how long, but I read it this week. It's a difficult book in many ways as in chapter 1, verse 9 of Lamentations, it says here that Jerusalem did not consider her future, did not consider her destiny. And just a line or two down, it says, and the enemy triumphed, the enemy triumphed. And those words just kind of just stayed all over me. And I thought, the church, church right now, we got to consider our future, consider our destiny, consider the vision that God has put among us, consider our purpose. Don't lose your vision. Stay on track, stay on the path, run in your lane because we don't want to give the enemy an opportunity to triumph over us because we perished, because we lost our vision. Consider your destiny. In the book of Haggai that we've been reading, it kind of says the same things. Consider your ways. Lamentation says, Jerusalem did not consider her future, did not consider her destiny. And as a result, the enemy triumphed. In the book of Haggai, we realise that the temple laid in ruins because they didn't consider the future and the destiny of the temple of God. We want to have a different story over our lives. We want to have a whole different story. Vision was lost, building had ceased. But the mercy and the goodness of God, the voice of God comes. And when His voice comes, it changes absolutely everything. And when God speaks, His voice goes through the camp. And I believe that we're entering into days where the name of God is proclaimed. And His name is all over it. God is speaking and He is on the move and we want to move with Him. But here's the encouraging part of what I want to share today is that we're in a redemptive time. We are in a redemptive time. And some of you may be, may be sitting here today and say, I've lost this, I've lost that, I've, the list is long. I want to tell you, we have a God of redemption. We have a God who is the resurrected one. We are in a redemptive time. What got torn down will be rebuilt. What is laid, laid in ruins, God says, I'm going to awaken. I'm going to awaken a man. I'm going to awaken a woman. I'm going to awaken my people. I'm going to awaken my church. My name will be known again. And you and I, the church today, will be part of the journey that God is taking us into. Joshua's called into a land that God's name would be over it. You and I are being called into a day, a time, a season, an era where the name of God is all over it. There is a revival coming. There is a revived people that God is at work upon us right now. When we read in Haggai that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Zerubbabel, Joshua and the people, that is just not a great, yay, hallelujah, praise the Lord, 
clap hand moment on a Sunday morning. That is literally what the Spirit of God is doing. He is awakening. He is reviving. He is doing something fresh. There's a fresh stirring in the camp. There's a fresh stirring in the people of God. God is reviving some of you of hope. Some of you are going to find <coughs> just a fresh sense of faith rising again. A, I don't know, I haven't felt this in years, but I feel something coming back. When the Spirit of God moves, then He says, get ready for this. He says, now go to work. Go to work. Go to work. Don't let pain cloud your vision of the future that the Lord is sending us into, calling us into. Consider your destiny, consider your future and consider your ways. Joshua 1.3 says, I will give you every place. Set your feet, set your feet, set your feet upon that which I have spoken and that which I have promised. This is not some random anywhere, God, I'm now taking this on and now I want you to bless it. No, God says, set your feet upon that which I've spoken about. Set your feet upon that which I'm directing you into. Set your feet upon that which I've purposed and planned and ordained for your life. Set your feet upon that and be courageous and strong in it for this is where we're going together. Joshua did that. Eventually a land that would have a temple on it that would start being a lapse. But who knows that whatever story you're looking at today is not the end of the story, that God has a way of picking up what got left behind. That that which the locust has eaten, God says, I'm about to repay and I'm about to rebuild and I'm about to restore and I'm about to revive and I'm about to do something in your midst, in your day and in your time, in your heart, in your soul, in your faith, in our land, in our church, because that's the redemptive nature of our God. And I believe it's time that we rose up and said, God, would you revive me? Not just for me, but you, could you revive me and would you revive me so I can be part of what you want to do in the land today? Help me to consider my destiny. Don't let me miss that because I do not want the enemy triumphing over our church, over our children, over our children's children, over anything that God wants to put His name on. But God, would you revive us? Dan, you come and pray for us right now. I believe we've got to pray into this. And I want you to pray that God would revive the church of Jesus Christ in this hour and in this time so that we can get to work with what God has called us into. Get ready to pray. Get ready to receive. Get ready to be revived by the Spirit of the Lord in Jesus' name. I wonder if we just stand to our feet right now as we pray. Let's just take a moment. If you'd raise your hands, if you pray in the Spirit, would you start to stir up that gift right now? Thank you, Father God. Come on, church, let faith rise in your heart right now. If you're at home, let faith rise in your soul right now. Ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, would you start to give us that seed, that, that mustard seed. Faith right now would start to rise in the heart of men, women, and children in this room, Jesus. 
Father God, I thank You, Lord, that Your presence would just wash over every single person in this room. That, Father God, that we would meet together right now and, God, You would command, Lord, a blessing from heaven to wipe over Your church, to wash over Your kids today, Father God. That, Lord, right now, like Your Word says, You would anoint us with fire in Jesus' Name. Father God, I pray for a fresh outpouring of Your Holy Spirit in our region, in our days, Father God. Lord I, Lord, I thank You, Lord, that You are starting something, that something has begun, God, that You are awakening the pioneer spirit within each and every person, Lord, hearing my voice, that right now, Father God, there's nobody You can't reach. There's no mom, there's no dad that's hardened their heart too much to say that You cannot reach them. There's no person, Lord, in those prison cells, in those universities, in those schoolrooms, Father God, that You cannot reach, that Your power cannot get to, that Your mercy cannot break through, that Your grace cannot find. And so, Father God, right now we come together as Your church in unity, God, where, you're, where there's unity, You command a blessing. Father God, I thank You, Lord, that we would just have unity in this room, that, Father God, we would have unity of heart, unity of vision, unity of mind, that, Lord, right now we look to You, Father God. Father God, we say, would You awaken? Would You awaken? Would You revive? Would You renew? Would You restore? Would You recuperate, Father God? Would You realign people's hearts towards You? In Jesus' Name, Father God, to those who are asleep in their faith, asleep in their destiny, asleep in their gifting, asleep in their talent, we say, wake up in Jesus' Name. We say, come out in Jesus' Name. We say, throw off the grave clothes. We say, take off that which has been of the past. God, we step into Your future. Lord, we call prodigal sons and daughters home. Father God, I thank You, Lord, that mums and dads will see their children come into the house of the Lord with joy. That, Lord, You will restore the joy of salvation to those who have drifted from You. My Lord, people who are far from You would feel Your grace and Your mercy and Your peace in Jesus' Name. God, we have faith for it. We have faith for it. We have faith for it. Come on, church, you have faith for it. You have faith for it. Faith the size of a mustard seed can move a mountain. Faith the size of a mustard seed can tell that mountain to throw itself into the sea. So, Father God, we speak to the mountain. We say, throw itself into the sea. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.